Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. When we closed last week's broadcast, we had begun to take a look at a small book written by Marcus Warner and Chris Kersey. The title is The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. It's their thesis that couples who stay in love throughout their married lives are couples who excel at the art of keeping their joy levels high. And the opposite is also true. Low joy couples are in trouble. According to them, falling out of love is all about the absence of joy. A joy gap is the length of time between moments of shared joy. But when too much time passes between moments of shared joy, a joy gap is created that makes you feel distant and alone in your marriage. The wider the joy gap becomes, the more likely it is for your problems to overwhelm you. Couples who let the joy gap get too wide struggle tremendously and start to feel hopeless about their marriage. Not only does the gap rob you of intimacy, but the gap begins filling with resentment. Bad habits can begin to form that keep you apart instead of bringing you together. You start to feel like you are falling out of love. You know, people rarely just wake up one morning to the thought, I'm not in love anymore. It happens gradually as the gap between moments of shared joy grows wider and wider with too much pain, too much resentment, and too many bad habits in between. Most marriages could use more joy. Honestly, if you don't learn how to shrink the joy gap in your marriage, things could get ugly. In the next few broadcasts, we're going to look at four habits that shrink the joy gap and make joy your default setting. To help you make a plan for building more joy into your marriage, Marcus and Chris have identified four habits of joy-filled marriages. To make it easier for you to remember them, they've created an acrostic that spells plan. P, play together. L, listen for emotion. A, appreciate daily. N, nurture rhythm. We're going to look in depth at these and actually look at some exercises you can do to build them. But before we do, let me give you a brief introduction to each of them and then lay some additional groundwork. Habit number one, play together. One couple that had been married for nearly 50 years said, you have to play together and keep having fun. They were committed to having fun together. Among other things, they built their calendar around family trips. They worked hard and played hard and made relational joy a top priority for their family. When questioned, they agreed that playing together was the key to being in love after a lifetime together. Habit number two, listen for emotion. Left-brain people tend to listen for problems. Right-brain people listen for emotions. The following conversation is fictitious, but a classic example of a left-brain conversation. Anne tells her husband, Tom, about something important while he reads the newspaper, keeps tab on the TV in the background, and eats his breakfast. At some point, Anne explodes. Are you even listening to me? I feel like I'm talking to the wall. At this, Tom calmly lowers his paper and with a feeling of triumph, repeats back to her every word she just said. Anne is mystified, but not really comforted. The reason Tom can do this is because he is listening to his wife with the problem-solving left side of his brain. 
What he is not doing is tuning into her by looking his wife in the eyes and listening for the emotions being expressed. As I've said in previous broadcasts, left-brain-dominant people, usually men, need to learn how to listen for emotions and not just problems. This will help keep your emotional engine engaged. A woman recently approached Marcus Warner, one of our authors, and asked, What are emotions? How can I listen for emotions if I don't know what they are or how to identify them? She went on to explain that she had spent her whole life managing relationships, doing damage control, and avoiding most emotions. We'll talk later about listening for emotion. We'll also look at six foundational emotions our authors want us to listen for. Habit number three, appreciate daily. Marcus relays the following story. Not long after learning the power of joy, a couple asked to meet with me about some issues in their marriage. I decided to try an experiment. After listening to their story and validating the emotions I was hearing, I asked them to take a moment and think about what they appreciated most about the other person. Specifically, I asked, When you were first attracted to this person, what did you most admire or respect about them? I then had them pivot toward each other, hold hands, make eye contact, and share their feelings of appreciation. There was just one rule when sharing appreciation. They couldn't use the word but. They couldn't say, I really admire the way you love our kids, but I wish you wouldn't. Adding a but to the expression of appreciation pulls the rug out from under it. With this ground rule in place, they did the exercise and the results were shocking. Shared joy can be a powerful thing, and appreciation is one of the most powerful habits you can form for joy building. Habit number four, nurture rhythm. You know, life can be hectic. It is easy for your marriage to turn into a business partnership. Sometimes we spend all our time cleaning, working, organizing, parenting, and crashing. We don't have a rhythm to life that creates margin. Instead, we have a rhythm that creates distance in our marriage and burnout in many areas of our lives. Couples who share joy on a daily basis generally have healthy marriages. According to Marcus and Chris, it is essentially impossible to have sustained joy in your marriage without a rhythm that includes rest. Couples who nurture rhythm by incorporating times of resting together, as well as playing together, create a foundation for joy that is sustainable for years to come. Such activities might include sitting on the back deck or patio together for a half hour or more in the evening watching the sunset, playing a game together before going to bed. Habits that we develop that allow us to rest together create security in our relationship and promote the kind of rhythm that helps us keep our love fresh. This approach of Marcus Warner and Chris Kersey is heavily based on four breakthroughs in brain science. These breakthroughs have made joy a growing point of emphasis in everything from addiction recovery and PTSD treatments to leadership, parenting, and of course, marriage. According to a 2013 article in Psychology Today, joy and the brain science behind it are transforming the field of psychology and have found their way into the curriculum at most major universities. That being said, we need to understand some basics before we proceed. Marcus and Chris focus on four significant breakthroughs that explain the role of joy in the brain. Breakthrough number one, 
the brain magnet. The deepest, most primal part of your brain is like a magnet. It is often called the attachment center of the brain. The discovery of the attachment center had led to widespread interest in attachment theory and its application to all sorts of issues. The brain magnet is a term they created to describe your drive to bond with other people. You come out of the womb craving attachment. The force inside you that wants to bond with others is so deep that, from your brain's perspective, nothing is more important than attachment. As a result, no pain is greater than attachment pain and no joy is greater than attachment joy. Experiences like the death of a loved one, divorce, or separation from people we love can create incredibly deep pain. On the other hand, people will cross deserts, climb mountains, and fight wars to be with the people they love. One of the key discoveries of brain science is that Freud was wrong. He taught that fear of death and desire for sex were the most powerful motivators in the world. However, the discovery of the brain magnet has shown that attachment, specifically joyful attachment, is the most powerful motivator in life. According to Marcus and Chris, for the sake of attachment, people will abstain from sex and face their fears, even the fear of death. Mothers have lifted cars off trapped children. Men have wrestled sharks to save friends. People enter fiery buildings, face certain death, and endure incredible pain because the attachment they feel to someone is deeper than any other power in life. The challenge is that your brain can bond in one of two ways. It can bond in joy or it can bond in fear. Marcus tells the following story to illustrate the difference between joy bonding and fear bonding. When I was a kid, I remember getting a set of Scotty Dog magnets in my Christmas stocking. One dog was white and one was black. Each had a magnet on the bottom. When you faced the dogs toward each other, the magnets made them slide together. This made their noses touch and it looked like the dogs were kissing. Part of the fun was to see how far apart you could move the dogs and still get them to slide together and kiss. The other part of playing with these Scotty dog magnets was turning their tails toward each other. When you did this, the same magnetic force that had caused them to kiss now pushed them away from each other. If you tried to force the tails to touch, you could feel the magnetic energy at work as the dogs repelled each other. When two people bond in joy, there is a positive energy that attracts them to each other. When two people bond in fear, negative energy repels attraction. A joy bond is characterized by several key traits. Lots of smiles, positive feelings from being together or even thinking about each other, the security to act like yourself around the other person, and ability to connect safely at an emotional level, the sense that you are with your people. A fear bond looks quite different. Smiling is rare. Hiding emotions is common. Wearing masks for fear that people will not be happy to see you if you act like yourself. Isolation becomes normal. Shutting down when problems arise and losing the desire to be relational. Treating someone who should be a friend more like an enemy. Well, our time's gone for today. We'll pick up here next week. Before we close today's program, I want to encourage you to join me each Monday morning for Mum Live at 10 a.m. on Mondays on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page. I go live with some teaching about areas of your relationship where mutual understanding is critical. 
I would love to have you join me. Again, Mondays at 10 a.m. on my Facebook page, Mutual Understanding Method. Have a great and safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.